What a day, what a day, what a day. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. You know, when you put the silver and black uniform on, you get such a surge of energy. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. And a lot of football players around the country that want to wear that silver and black. JT The Brick. When you talk about the Raiders, everyone knows you talk about the Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio 920 AM, here's your host, JT The Brick. Welcome back, everybody. Hour number two, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. We're brought to you by Grimaldi's, best pizza I ever had. Five locations here in the Valley. Hope everybody got some Grimaldi's, at least for the Super Bowl. If you're not going all the time, once you go in, I think you'll agree with me. All their food, their great service. Grimaldi's, proud partner of our show. We're recapping the Super Bowl today. It's a little bit quieter than I thought, which is concerning because Raider fans are football fans. So, again, this isn't layup, low-fruit Raider radio today. It's a recap of the Super Bowl. All right? The Super Bowl is the biggest thing we do. So get behind the Super Bowl. You either like the Rams, you like the Bengals, you want to make a comparison to the Raiders, do whatever you want. But if you want to come in today, I want to hear about the game. What do you think about the referees? Did they get in the way? The legacy play of Aaron Donald, Matthew Stafford, what I thought was a great game, even though Jalen Ramsey got burned a couple of times, he showed up late in that game to win it. Look at the Rams and say, that's what I'd like to see the Raiders do. Or you believe that the Raiders could do it the way the Bengals did. I bring in the Latino voice of the silver and black, Harry Ruiz. What do you think? How are you? Always a pleasure, JT. It was it was a fun game. It was entertaining, yeah. and it's a game where both teams are trying to avoid making mistakes because they know a mistake can cost them the mm. championship and hoisting the Vince Lombardi trophy. And in my opinion, that early fourth down where the Bengals went for it ended up being a key mistake for them because, yeah, they want to be aggressive, but at the same time, is that the place where you want to do it? It ended up costing them the seven points with the OBJ touchdown. So I'm more on trying to be conservative, and they mm. – Try to be aggressive, and I think that was a huge mistake for them early in the game. But at the end of the day, it was entertaining. It was a good game, and the I was at the Black Hole Party at the oh, Tropicana. Good. It was a great time. Shout out to Cisco, who I know always listens to the sure. show, and uh, it was a great time. People from Oakland flew in to watch the party there as well, so it was fun hanging out with the Raider Nation. I thought what my takeaway, Harry, was that they made plays. The stars made plays. I was surprised that it took Cooper Cup a while to get going. He had two touchdowns in the game. He's so productive, but on that final drive, I don't think the game was iconic. It wasn't a classic Super Bowl, but that 15-play drive, will go down in Super Bowl history as one of the all-time greats. Long drive, everything on the line, the no-look pass from Stafford. There are a lot of things that happened in that game. I'll remember it for the drive where they had to go win the Super Bowl and they had to kill the clock at the same time. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, and in my mind, that's uh, the moment that cements his legacy in mm -hmm. the NFL and makes him, I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer yet, but it gets him way closer to it because he won that game for the, the I was going to say St. Louis, Ooh. the Los Angeles yeah. Rams. And at the end of the day, when that drive started, I was like, all right, there's enough time for the Rams to go score a touchdown and then for the Bengals to do something to respond the same way and win the game or at least get a field goal and give us some extra football in this 2021 season. At the end of the day, the defense for the Rams ended up showing that they're a dominating force. And Aaron Donald, in my opinion, the best player in the NFL. And they're showing a couple of Eli Apple plays at the end. He had the penalty in the end zone, set it up at the goal line. And then they went right back at Eli Apple on that back shoulder throw. I think he's a terrible corner. He's been a bad corner in this league with the Giants in New Orleans. He made some plays in the postseason. He deserves credit for getting to the Super Bowl. But I couldn't believe the Bengals had Eli Apple one-on-one -on, -one on Cooper Cup. 
with the, in the world's biggest game. What were they thinking? I mean, you, you got to get him off Cooper Cup and move him. And Cooper Cup just chewed him out on that final drive. Exactly. And Cooper Cup showed you what a guy of his stature, despite him not being a monster physically, he can make plays and he can end up becoming a player that makes a difference, not only in a game, but on a whole season. His numbers throughout the regular season, the postseason and the Super Bowl were amazing. And he is a difference maker in this league. And that's someone I'm hoping that Hunter Renfro right. can become someone like him. Where Renfro, he started his season... And he was a guy on the field. He was an option. And then he became third in Renfro his second year. Then this past season, he became a weapon, a go-to guy. And I hope he can take that next step and become a Cooper-like guy. I know that Cooper has maybe two inches taller in height. But you look at their physique and they're basically the same guys. And I'm like, hopefully the Raiders can end up getting a Cooper Cup out of Hunter Renfro. Well, that would be great because I think the Raiders have found a way with Josh McDaniels now to bring... Hunter Renfro into the world of Amendola and the great players that have come, Julian Welker. Edelman, Welker, and to do that. And that would have happened with or without Josh McDaniels coming here, but with Josh McDaniels, I hope it goes to the next level because Josh McDaniels is the godfather of the NFL slot receiver, the guy who can get the little guy open. You know, I threw it out in the opening of the show, uh, a Raider comparisons. I think that when you come off a Super Bowl, every coach and GM executive looks out – the two teams there, and they say, well, what does our team need to do to get back in that game? And I don't think the Raiders are built now to follow the Rams model. The Rams model is just go get everybody and and hope that it works and thread the needle. And get rid of assets. And And get rid of all the assets. So I I don't want to see the Raiders do that. I want to see the Raiders do it sustainably a long period of time. But isn't that why we're here in Vegas? Vegas is supposed to have the tax break, the new facility, why wouldn't the superstars who want to play for the Rams want to play in Las Vegas too when they leave L.A. or from another market? I was led to believe that Vegas is here for that type of recruiting asset. And all the guys talk to each other. I was yeah. at the Pro Bowl practices all week long, and you could see Max with T.J. Watt. I posted a video that mm-hmm. Max quote tweeted, and it got a lot of exposure of both of them working together during a break at practice. And I'm like, this is what you want to see. Max last year being with Von Miller in his camp here in Vegas. Now him with T.J. Watt, one of the elite players in the league. Max is becoming one of those guys, and they talk to each other. And it's like, hey, man, they take less taxes out of my Paycheck compared to Cali, compared to every other place you're at, well, except Tennessee and Texas that got the same tax break as as us. So, absolutely, Vegas is a destination. It's a place where players want to be. And now, with Josh McDaniels at the helm, with Dave Ziegler as a D, as a GM, these Las Vegas Raiders, they're in the same position as the Rams. They want to make it to the Super Bowl and play it at home. And we're two years away. I don't think it's uh, realistic to think the Raiders are going to be in the Super Bowl next year. But I think it's a possibility, thinking about it in two years, when they host it here at Allegiant Stadium. Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the Silver and Black. That's a very interesting point you make. It wasn't realistic for the Bengals to be in the Super Bowl two years from now with this roster, let alone this year. And they got in. And that's been weighing heavy on my mind, Harry, going forward, is if the Bengals could do it, why can't the Raiders do it or the Jaguars or go around the league and pick out you know, the Browns, whoever it is. It should be a two-year turnaround if you get it right. But the big difference is they are Burrow and Chase. And yep. the Raiders have Carr, who's in the same conversation now with Burrow. Burrow might surpass him in years to come. But the Raiders don't have a big threat wide receiver with game 
breaking speed like we see with Jamar Chase. Exactly, and that's why everybody's turning their head to see who is available in the free agency market because I don't think there's a difference-making wide receiver like a mm. Jamar Chase or the kid Jalen Waddle mm. as well that he's had an impact as a rookie. I don't think there's a difference-making guy in this mm. draft class the same thing as i don't think there's a quarterback that's uh right. jamar che uh, sorry joe as a joe burrow. burrow or a trevor lawrence that you can look at him and it's like undisputed number one draft pick and that a lot of people also are saying hey the bengals with a second year quarterback that got injured in their first year look how far they took him i was like yeah he was the best player in college football right. he won the yeah. heisman trophy he won the national championship he's a stud he's not a mid-round guy or a second round guy you got to calm your horses and be like be realistic as well with those situations harry ruiz is our guest every monday let me ask you about rob ryan coming back and graham and some of the coaches that are coming in so we're trying to keep track of all this and we'll do that a little bit later on in the week. Do you like what the Raiders are doing building the staff? I like what they're doing. I mean, a lot of people are calling the Raiders New England West or Patriots West, and now they're trying to bring the culture. I'm like, well, what else are you expecting? Those are the guys that the coaching staff knows, that Josh McDaniels knows, that Dave Ziegler has worked with. Of course they're going to bring those guys. And then they bring a Rob Ryan, who I think is respected in the league, and then they're complaining. I was like, no, I don't like them. Okay, so you don't like a former Raider coach or a former Patriot coach? We got to trust our new uh, front office. We got to trust our new guys in the building. And I'm 100% on board with who they bring to the team. I look at the future Derek Carr. What, what are you sensing on your show? More and more people think those extension talks are going to get going here and a deal could get done? Yeah, I got a feeling that the extension is going to come soon because that way you have clarity to, for the future and you right. know what you got to do on that offensive side. You know what Carr, he's more a guy that's in the pocket that's not going to run away as a Patrick Mahomes or a Joe Burrow can do in a blink of an eye. Mm. So you got to protect him. And once you know that you need protection, you know what you're going to be targeting in free agency and the draft. So they got to make sure they got that extension here in the flurry and the Raider Nation they're still 50-50 they are huh? half of them want them half of them don't but at the end of the day what I say how many quarterbacks did we cheer for between Rich Gannon and Derek Carr we always supported him doesn't matter who it is if it if he has a shield on that on his helmet you got to be have his back Harry Ruiz the Latino voice of the silver and black one other thing I thought the Cincinnati offensive line was the weakest offensive Oof. line maybe in Super Bowl history. The Raiders' offensive line has some strengths to it, especially Colt Miller, yep. a young asset-protected Leatherwood. You know, you know, He's on his rookie contract. He will be for a while, and I think he needs some time away from the game after playing all the games he played at Alabama in the rookie year where he could revitalize and come back and have a big year. Andre James, if you can get a better center, do you go look at it? Of course you do. Can he play in this league? Absolutely. And then they're going to need some interior help. And I don't know what Raider fans want to do. They want to do that via the draft. I like free agency. I like getting guys who are proven, who are in their 20s that have played offensive line in the NFL seven or eight years so you know what you got. You know someone that the Raider Nation forgot about? Denzel Good. Yeah. When he got hurt yeah. in 2020, I mean, he got hurt in 2021, but when Trent Brown got hurt in 2020, he was there at right tackle, and then he went on the inside as right guard. He can help on that right side of the of the line, and I think he could be a great mentor to Alex Leatherwood as mm -hmm. well. So once he gets healthy, I think he's an absolute option, and he's still under contract this following year. So I think Denzel Bueno 
how I call him in the Spanish broadcast, <laughs> like that. can definitely be an asset for that Raiders offensive line. And that way, you just think about that left side on the guard position. And Andre James, we saw him grow throughout week one through week 18. So I still believe this uh, Raiders coaching staff is going to give him another shot. Harry Ruiz, the Spanish voice of your Raiders right here, joining us on Monday. A lot of emotion a lot of emotion by a lot of people I was with in L.A. with Cliff Branch. And oh, that, yes. I, I cried. I mean, that was the first time I cried in a long time when I got the news. I knew the news was going to be positive, but you don't know until you officially know. And I guess I had a, I wanted to see it. I was at Ditka, the Ditka Jaws party out there, and I saw it. And it was really cool to be in a room with about 1,000 people and no one knew. A lot of people didn't know, and I was going up to players and telling them, and they were generally happy for Cliff. And really happy for Cliff. Then we had the owner on Friday, and he was pretty emotional about it. What was the reaction at the Black Hole Party and all week long for you when you got the news that Cliff was in on Thursday? So the show, the NFL Awards show, definitely knew how to keep my attention because I thought they were going to do it like last year throughout the show, showing when they announced the recipients of this honor. And no, they waited until almost the end to announce it. And I was like, waiting, waiting, waiting. And yeah. finally, they announced Cliff Branch as part of this 2022 class of the Hall of Fame. I was very happy. I got to, the opportunity to meet him as a fan yeah. at the Raider Image over there by the stadium. Oh, yeah, but before, Walmart. Exactly. The old Walmart line. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. I was so disappointed when they closed that one at the, the Walmart, not yeah. the Raider Image, because that was my go-to place to stock up. But I got got to meet him he was the nicest guy ever and i'm like he's a great human being he took his time with every fan that was there and i was like this guy is one of the best wide receivers in nfl history and they're making him wait and they're making him wait and they're making him wait the same way they made ken stabler wait the same way they made tom flores wait they made him wait and unfortunately he's not here to enjoy the moment but the raider nation we're happy that one of our legends is finally receiving that honor that he earned on the field that there no disrespect to other players that got chosen before him that have less accolades as him but Cliff should have been here for this moment. You make a really good point. A lot of people are still bitter about how long it took Cliff to get in, and I'm not bitter anymore. I got mentally, I have to put that behind me. Like Mark Davis, who was his best friend, they're putting it behind him. His former teammates are doing it. You don't want to have that negativity anymore because now the party's building, and this is another great Raider going into the Hall of Fame with a gold jacket. I think everybody just needs to embrace the good time, the good vibe of this yes, over the next couple of months, and then it'll build up to August. And it'll be very interesting to see the turnout here because the turnout was massive for Stabler. I think the turnout will be massive for Branch. It's not a great class. I think the class is very good. They're all Hall of Famers. But as I talked to one Raider Hall of Famer over the weekend, he said the biggest draw on that list is Cliff Branch. Exactly. And then last year you had Charles Woodson and Tom Flores. Mm -hmm. And of course, the Raider Nation showed out big time out there. So I have a great feeling that the Raider Nation, especially all those fans that enjoyed those three Super Bowl victories mm -hmm. that he was a part of, they want to be there for that moment and enjoy it as as a family, the family that we are, the brothers and sisters. I'm wrapping it up with Harry Ruiz. So I saw some video of Gorilla Rilla and Violator and everybody dancing at halftime. Oh, yeah. What do you think of the Dre Snoop show with everybody else? Do you like it? It was amazing. So I saw a post on Twitter saying it's like, hey, remember all the <laughs> everybody born between 85 and 95 that in the previous Super Bowl said, this is not for me, this is for older people. And now we're enjoying it. I was like, oh, wait. 
that category right now we're enjoying what's happening but it's, it was incredible gorilla really was probably me who recorded that video i was right behind him <laughs> shooting those videos to send to his wife who couldn't make the trip and wow. the, it, everybody was having a great time when every artist was starting to come up some said that kendrick lamar didn't fit but he's the new guy in the block with uh with the rap scene in los angeles and he's very respected by everybody in that in that uh music selection what do you think about the build-up to the draft now we're going to take a little time off coming up in march here but the build-up to the draft in vegas this has to be super big because there's going to be events that not everybody's going to show up to off-season events east-west shrine game you look at a game here and there you look at it you go i I might go i might not i went to the pro bowl i had a really good time i didn't enjoy the game and the lack of physicality in the game but i enjoyed being there with my friends if i can interrupt you yeah go ahead I went to the practices as a fan. I showed up two hours before the doors opened mm-hmm. because I wanted to be all the way to the up to the front and be able to interact with some of the players. And a lot of the players were incredible with a lot of the fans. And I was sitting next to Gorilla Rilla two days, so the Raiders showed us mm-hmm. a lot of love those days. But even players from other teams, I said, I'm not going to talk to a Chiefs player because I don't like the Chiefs. But Travis Kelsey was the nicest guy in the building. I told him, I was like, dude, why do you got to do my Raiders dirty all the time? He's like, I love playing Vegas, but you know what? You guys got one of my favorite players in the whole league. Darren Waller, he should be here today. And I was like, I like this guy now. I'm not going to root for him, but I'm not going to be like, he's a Chief. I ain't looking at him uh, any other way that is like booing him. It's like, no, he was great. Same thing with Tyron Matthew and players from all around the league. I don't know if you saw a video of me and Darius Leonard interacting. I didn't know he was recording for the cold social media oh, okay. with a GoPro. And I tell him, I was like, hey, man, when you intercepted car and got that interception, I got to call your got to call, call it in Spanish radio. You know how to say your nickname in Spanish? El Maniaco, the maniac. But in Spanish, he's like, how? And he tried to say it like three times and he was struggling. <laughs> I was like, hey, it, it was amazing being able to interact with players all around the league i went to the pro bowl my first game as a fan at allegiant stadium and by the second quarter i was more busy trying to figure out where i was going to go eat instead of watching the game because it wasn't yeah. that much of a spectacle but all the events surrounding it mm-hmm. wasn't were amazing yeah the raiders weren't in charge of the raiders that's the raiders stadium and they're not in charge of the quality of play. Oh, yeah. You know, but Max. For hey, we Max, enjoyed Max and Hunter. Yeah, and I talked to Max. I saw him a couple of times out in, in L.A. And Max won the MVP because he was smart enough to jump up and bat down balls. You weren't going to sack anybody. You weren't going to be able to do that. There was no physicality in the game. But Max realized if he had a big motor yep. and he knocked some balls down, he'd get some of the voters on his side. I think that's an important moment for the legacy of Max Crosby, a real pro bowler. And a real MVP award, even though they didn't play a lot of defense, he did. He almost got a pick six in that yeah. first play of the My game. I was there. right there. I was right there. I was like, please get it. I was like, oh, he dropped it. But that was a cool moment to to enjoy. Renfro, he scored a touchdown like 10 feet away from where I was sitting down. Rachel Brown off the hook from Oakland and I. We were sitting there, and I had my Renfro shirt that I bought at the Raider Image. And I was waving it, and we even made it on TV for like five seconds. I was like, so that was a cool moment to enjoy as a fan and watching one of our guys being recognized as one of the best in the league and grabbing a touchdown in the national stage. Harry Ruiz, uh, last one here. I see uh, with your water mug that you have the Dodgers championship on there along with some Raiders stickers. This was a big moment for L.A. They get another championship recently, the Dodgers, recently LeBron and the Lakers. But this one is huge, and here's how I see it. And this might be good to take some calls a little bit later on in the show. The Rams had to make sure that this didn't happen to the Chargers. Yep. If the Chargers caught a Super Bowl with young Justin Herbert, there's a lot of fans in L.A. on the fence. 
and I think gravitate to the Chargers. They don't have any allegiance anymore. They're young. They're 12. They're 13. They're 15. Raiders have been long gone from L.A., even though their dads and grandfathers love the Raiders. This was big for the Rams. If they didn't win this thing, I think that bandwagon is going to get bigger and bigger. These players are superstars. Not only did they win, they won with superstars. That's going to change a lot of fans on the fence. I think those fans are going to become Ram fans, and they're going to stay away from the Chargers. And same way as the Raiders. When they moved to L.A. just a couple of years after moving to L.A., after relocating to Los Angeles, they won the Super Bowl, and that's what made them being like, okay, we got fans here. Now we got even more fans because L.A. loves a winner. And when you win, that stadium is jam-packed. The Dodgers, you look at their attendance in 2010, 2011, 2012, it wasn't that great. But when Magic Johnson and the Guggenheim Group bought the team and started investing in it and started making it to the playoffs, winning the division, the stadium was jam-packed. So they, L.A. loves a winner, and they got a winner right now in the Los Angeles Rams. Now let's see how that all-in strategy with them getting rid of first-round picks, second-round picks, other players, how it works, because I think that's a short-term solution, but you want to be a long-term winner in L.A., because if not, that stadium is going to keep being bombarded by fans for, of other teams. Yep. Uh, last one for Harry Ruiz, Latino voice of the Raiders. What are you keeping an eye on next? What's the big Raider signing, free agent pending coming up? What's the one thing you want to see happen here over the next couple of months heading into the draft? I mean, I take out of the equation the Derek Carr, which I think is happening mm. soon, the extension, because I really think that's the major point that you need to have a solution for when you have an offensive-minded coach. I think his weapon number one, wide receiver one, who is it going to be next season? We know who his wide receiver one was last year besides Darren Waller. He's not with the team anymore and with his legal situation. So now who is Carr going to have as a deep threat or who is he going to have as a guy that can throw? he can throw the ball every single down? There's a guy in Green Bay who might not be staying with the team, depending on how the cap situation mm-hmm. works out there. Devontae Adams is a great friend, so if they are able to work something out with a car extension that isn't a max extension and that is able to sneak in some money to bring in his best friend, one of his best friends, I think that could be the yeah, case. That's interesting because if Aaron Rodgers isn't there, they need to franchise tag Devontae Adams in yep. Green Bay. They have to. If Aaron Rodgers stays... I would think that if he stays, Devontae Adams would stay with Aaron Rodgers. But if Aaron Rodgers comes back and Devontae Adams doesn't get franchise tagged, I think the Raiders are the best fit. And that that would be huge because the relationship with Carr, the extended money he could make in free agent, more money because of state taxes, being out of it, it's it's, it's a unique situation. I just don't believe that Raider Nation should get up over that because he can get franchise tagged. If everybody starts thinking that's the guy coming in, everyone around here is going to be disappointed. It's the same situation as with the Michigan coach when everybody yeah. thought he was the guy yeah. with the Raiders, and it's like the only noise coming out of is from his camp. Yeah, I didn't believe any of that. Exactly. I was the same way. But if it's not Devontae, there are great options in free agency that can come and make an impact immediately with the silver and black. Tell everybody where we can find you on radio and social media. Absolutely. At Harry Ruiz, H-A-R-R-Y-R-U-I-Z on Twitter, Harry under Score Ruiz on Instagram at La Nacion Raider. I got shows there every Tuesdays and Thursdays, 100% in Spanish, 100% about the Raiders. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at La Nacion Raider. See you soon. Thanks for doing this. Gracias, JT. When we come back, more on the game. I'll get to the highlights and some post game reaction. Now we'll open up the phones for Raider fans. How'd you watch the Super Bowl? What was your favorite part of the Super Bowl? You believe the referees got in the way or not? Are you comfortable with the way the game ended? 
and how you're going to deal with the Rams if you're a Raider fan. Kind of, kind of split up the same territory in a lot of ways. Raider Nation, you good with the Rams, or were you pulling for the Bengals and think they got robbed? I promise you guys, you know, I was mic'd up so you guys can you guys can hear. When it was the fourth down and you could see they got into the shotgun and they were probably not going to run the football, I said Aaron's going to close the game out right here, and he is the effing man. Let's take a look at the highlights from the Super Bowl and listen to them. We'll start with Odell Beckham Jr., who was fantastic early in the game. The first touchdown was by OBJ. Cooper Cup, one of the two receivers out to the left. Stafford back to throw. He's going to lob it toward the end zone. Odell Beckham Jr. reaches up and comes down to the ball. It's a touchdown for the Rams as Odell Beckham Jr. went up and over Mike Hilton to haul in the game's first touchdown. Bengals radio. You know, Odell was running great routes. He was getting separation. He really was tracking the ball well. He could have had a monster game. You know, Cup had to bail them out in the fourth quarter, but Odell Beckham Jr. was the early shot to win the MVP of this game. But then the injury goes down where he hurts his knee. You could tell instantly it was serious when he caught it, went right down, and hopefully Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be okay. Nothing worse than having to spend your offseason rehabbing an injury. For Cincinnati, this touchdown from Joe Mixon was the highlight of the night for the Bengals. Higgins, Sample, and Boyd out to the right in a cluster. The Bengals toss it to the right. Mixon throws into the back of the end zone. It is caught by T. Higgins. Touchdown, Bengals. Joe Mixon floating one into the back right corner of the end zone, and T. Higgins hauls it in. Bengals radio on the call there. So T. Higgins had a big couple of moments. He scored the touchdown that wrapped up the first half. And then the Bengals came out after that long 45-minute break for the halftime show, which is really tough for football players to have to stay warm and warm up again coming out of that long break because of the concert and the show. And T. Higgins starts off the third quarter immediately with the 75-yard TD. Joe Mixon in the backfield. He had 40 rushing yards in the first half. They fake to him. Burrow now scrambling. Fires deep downfield for Higgins. Oh, Jumps baby. up, pushes nice. over his defender, catches the ball, <laughs> runs it into the end zone. There's no penalty no. flag. No. A 75-yard touchdown. Burrow to Higgins. That's Bengals radio on the call. So there's no scoring at all in the fourth quarter until the final drive of the game. 15 plays, 79 yards, 4 minutes and 48 seconds. If you're a Rams fan, you will never forget this drive. So important. They had to execute on every play. They were able to do it to find the MVP, Cooper Cup. Stafford from under center. Steps back. Throws the fade. Back shoulder. Cooper Cup's got it. Cooper Cup brings it in. Touchdown. Touchdown. Touchdown, L.A. With 125 remaining. The Rams are back on the high side. Rams radio on the call there. It was a great job. I was tweeting at JT the Brick. Throughout the game, I retweeted it again. You got to go down with Cooper Cup. And I kept tweeting, and I kept telling you on the radio last week from Radio Row, you got to attack Eli Apple. Eli Apple is the worst player, not only on the field, at the Super Bowl. I think he's one of the worst players in the league. 
Now, has he made a couple of plays? Yes. He made a couple of plays in this postseason. Give him a little bit of credit. But you got to go after Eli Apple. He is not a quality defensive back. I couldn't believe that they weren't isolating him and going after him more. So on that final drive, they were able to expose him there a little bit. They scored that touchdown. And then the huge play by Aaron Donald to end the game, getting right to Joe Burrow. Rams creepy. They rush for it. Burrow to throw for it. He's sit. He's hit. He's sacked. He throws it away. He flings it away on fourth down. Aaron Donald got there. Donald takes his helmet off in celebration. He flips Burrow to the turf and forces the incompletion on fourth and one. He signals to his ring finger on his left hand. That was really cool on Rams Radio. We had the finger out, the ring finger pointing towards it. That's going to be an iconic moment in L.A. for decades to come as Aaron Donald was and still remains the best defensive player in football. All for T.J. Watt. I agree. He, he wins the award this year, but I take Aaron Donald any day. He's tough. He's the ultimate teammate. He's a humble guy. Here's the final call as the Rams finally get that Super Bowl in L.A. Matthew Stafford under center. Here's the snap, here's the knee. The Bengals will not call a timeout. The sidelines empty. Rings for the Rams. A Lombardi trophy for Los Angeles. 23-20 is the final on their home field here at SoFi Stadium in Super Bowl 56. The Los Angeles Rams our world champions. Rams Radio. So L.A. deserves it. Uh, they were 12-5. and five. They win the Super Bowl. They had to go on the road and beat the GOAT and Tom Brady. They had to beat the 49ers, a team that had their number, winning six in a row. And they had to come from behind and play defense in the fourth quarter and have a long drive of 15 plays to win that game. So that's the definition of putting a bow on it. That's how you end the season and you do it that way. Here's Sean McVay after the game, post-game on NBC. Those guys just did a great job. They took over that game. But our offensive line did a great job protecting. Uh, you knew that we were pretty much throwing it. That, that, third, that second down and two run where Cam Akers got his first down to get to the eight-yard line was big. But so many contributions. It's about the team. I'm so happy for these players. World champs, baby! World champs, and that, that defines his career now. McVay can do whatever he wants. He's still very young. I don't believe in these rumors about him stepping aside. That would be ridiculous to me. He's got to take this team and try to do it again. With Stafford, he could go back. You always look at the team that won the Super Bowl. Uh, right now, immediately, you know, a couple days after the day of, and you say, man, that team could win it again next year. Of course. Are they going to be the favorite? They're not. It's Kansas City and Buffalo with the early lines coming out here. But can the Rams do it? Yeah. I think Aaron Donald's got a lot left. A lot left. Hopefully Cooper Cup's going to play at this level for a long time. They have weapons, but the ability to, to manufacture another run at a Super Bowl with the salary cap issues that they have, what they're going to do with the draft and how they're going to let some players go and try to bring in some younger players. Les Snead will figure that out, and they'll be in a good place. Here's Cooper Cup, who won the MVP. And with the MVP of the Super Bowl, and the Triple Crown, you have to put this up here as the greatest wide receiver accomplishment in any single season in playoffs. It just comes down to this team, the way we've prepared, the way we loved on each other, trusted each other. I just, I don't know, I just don't feel, I don't feel deserving of this. I mean, God is just so good. I'm just so thankful for the guys I get to be around, for the coaches, for my family. 
just, uh, I don't know, I don't know what to say. So there's a couple of big topics, again, coming off this. And the big topics are, did they get the MVP right? Are we splitting hairs? Cooper Cup had the greatest season and postseason combined. Better than Jerry Rice. <laughs> That's it. Better than Jerry Rice. Do you lean towards him being the MVP or do you give it to Aaron Donald because of what Aaron Donald did? He controlled the pace of the game on defense and he was unbelievable as a closer in that game. That's something I want to hear from you because that's a very important question here. you got to get that MVP right. Super Bowl MVP is a big deal. Also, do you think that there was a holding penalty when there shouldn't have been a holding penalty that could have forced a critical fourth down for the Rams late in the game? There are many Bengal fans furious, furious about the call and the holding call and how it affected the game. So what happens? Cincinnati fans feel like the refs got involved on a holding call against Cooper Cup on a ball that was batted down. And I don't know. I watched it a few times. Cooper Cup got the benefit of the call. I would have let it go, and it would have set up a critical fourth down. Remember, the refs didn't do much all game. A lot of Bengals fans think that the refs took over the final six, seven minutes of that game. And that holding call was really scrutinized on social media, any way you look at it. And a ref had the ability, the refs had an ability late in that game to put an impact on it. Want to hear from you on that. And then one more thing on Cincinnati. There were a lot of Bengal fans. I was out in L.A. all week and all over L.A. And I saw Bengal fans all over town. And I got to give those fans a lot of credit. This is the type of season that doesn't come along often. Two years ago, they win two games, then they win four, then they win ten, and they get to the Super Bowl. I don't believe that this franchise is going to get back anytime soon. I don't. And I think Joe Burrow's a good player. He got injured again. He was sacked seven times. He was sacked nine times in Nashville. And the guy's running for his life. And the organization, Mike Brown, is known for being an owner who doesn't spend money. So he's going to have to pay Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase over the years. I think he will. But he's also going to have to pay offensive linemen. He's going to have to upgrade the defensive secondary because it has Eli Apple. And he's going to have to spend money. And I have no confidence that he will. I have no confidence that he'll be in. Matter of fact, I talked to a Bengal fan as I was out there one of the nights and said, this is our only shot because win or lose, our owner is not going to go all in again because he just doesn't do it. So will the Bengals come back again? I doubt it. I, I doubt it. I don't see this team. This is, this is one of the... I wouldn't say worst, but bottom five to six, seven offensive lines in all of football. All of football. Throw in the worst teams in football is offensive lines. The Bengals are not much better than that. But it was the perfect storm. And I guess that's a big takeaway for everybody, is that you can have an average team or a little bit of above average team and get to the Super Bowl and have the lead with five minutes to go and maybe win it. But it doesn't happen often. It's not probable that the Bengals will be back. It's highly probable that Buffalo and Kansas City will be back. Justin Herbert and the Chargers will make a run at some point, and other teams will come around and have an opportunity to win. Other teams will. I know Raider Nation wants to win the Super Bowl two years from now. This is in Vegas. But it's not probable that Cincinnati, it's highly improbable that the Bengals will be back. And that's a topic I'm really hot on right now because I don't trust the owner and I don't think the owner will do a great job. I don't believe in this type of season. It came together nicely. But normally those seasons come together nicely for teams that have won 10 or 11 games. They played really good in the regular season, then they get super hot in the postseason. They cause an upset or two, and then they win the Super Bowl. 
Not a team that won four games the year before, two the year before that. It's just not probable. This team lost to the Jets this season. Their offensive line stinks. So to to sit here, I think we would all agree, all of us, or 99% of us, that Buffalo and Kansas City have a better chance of getting back to the Super Bowl than the Bengals. But who they? They were close. They gave us a really good, fun postseason. Heck of a fan base, heck of a team. And I like the way they played hard in every game. Even games that it looked like they were buried, down 21-3, to and they played hard because they have two stars. Remember, this was a Super Bowl of stars, and Cincinnati didn't have many of them. They had Burrow and Chase. They had some good players on defense. Joe Mixon isn't a star, comparable to who? Barry Sanders, Emmett Smith, Walter Payton. Notes of stars. Marcus Allen, who I hung out with a bunch in L.A., he's a star. Joe Mixon isn't a star. Josh Jacobs isn't a star. Josh Jacobs doesn't put up the numbers Mixon does most of the time. L.A. had stars. That's how you win the Super Bowl. But typically, we don't see teams going all in the way Les Snead did as the GM of that team. You just don't do it because you normally you don't have the guts to do it. You don't have the guts to trade two first-round picks. You don't get rid of a quarterback in Jared Goff who led you to a Super Bowl, won multiple playoff games, go, you know, let's get rid of him, and also let's give up two more first-round picks. <laughs> that takes guts. And they were able to do it. And I had a Raider fan that said the same thing to me. I remember where I was viz- vividly outside L.A. Live at Staples Center, now crypto. I was talking to a Raider fan with the jersey on, recognized me. We were talking And he said the same thing. He goes, why don't the Raiders go all in and get someone like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson? That's what the Rams did. The Rams had Goff, who went deep into the playoffs and went to a Super Bowl, and they got rid of him. Carr hasn't won a playoff game. And I told the fan under the Elgin Baylor statue, no, I think the Raiders can win with Carr. I said, I think Carr's the type of guy that you can win a Super Bowl with because he's got arm talent and the ability to do it. But remember, there's a very important point before we come back. Remember, the Rams had Goff, who won more than Carr, and said it's not good enough. It's not good enough. And they went out and got Stafford, and they gave up a lot to get him. Sound familiar? Kind of what you'd have to do to get Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson? But I think the Raiders don't need to do that because I believe that Carr can win, and the Raiders need more help on the offensive line, the defense, and that's going to be the job of Dave Ziegler. Dave Ziegler is going to have to look around the league and say, here's where I'm strong and solid. Here's where I'm not. My priorities are going to be to fill needs quickly. How do I do it? And if he wants to go balls out and he trades away half the draft, I will tell you this from having the pulse of the Raider Nation here. I don't think there's going to be one Raider fan, one, who calls me darn before the draft and says they care about that draft pick. I can tell you that. There's not going to be one Raider fan calling me saying we got the 20-whatever pick, 21st, whatever pick it is. And go, hey, we gotta we gotta get this player out of Tulsa or this player out of Florida to be our pick. A, the guy won't be there. B, you don't know what's gonna happen. But if you trade that pick, like the Rams did, you could be closer to the Super Bowl. Trade the pick or hold on. Remember, I was the guy last year saying, trade the pick. Trade the pick that ended up being Leatherwood and trade up and get Micah Parsons. Michael Parsons was available for the Raiders if they went balls out and traded up. If John Gruden and Mike Mayock sat in the room and said, nope, nope, that's not our philosophy, I respect that. But the Rams did. 
and the Rams got Von Miller, Odell Beckham Jr. They did whatever they needed to do, and they won the Super Bowl. A lot of pressure on them in the final drive. If they didn't win the Super Bowl, what a different story we would add today. Everybody would have said the Rams went all in, and now the Rams are going to have to break up that team without a Super Bowl. Now they can break up the team with a Super Bowl. You think the Ram fans are going to care if they get rid of a player or two? They just won the Super Bowl. Do you want to win now by getting aggressive, or do you just want to continue for the Raiders to build under this new regime that's going to do it their way, and their way works? That way worked in New England. It worked pretty good. It got Mac Jones to the playoffs. 702-365-9200 if you want to get through right now. Big opportunity tomorrow. Tonight is the John Madden ceremony at Oakland Coliseum. I believe they're carrying it on NFL Network. It's streaming on other devices. We will have that sound tomorrow. It's supposed to be epic. So if anybody's going to that on their way to it tonight in Oakland, tailgating for it going, let me know. Tell me what that looks like. We're brought to you by Doghouse Saloon, where I go to watch Monday Night Football and host it inside Resorts World. The Eight Cigar Lounge, where a bunch of the Black Hole guys went this past weekend and loved it. If you're looking for a new place, it's not new anymore. Resorts World, biggest casino in America. You should go check it out and see what's happening there. Proud partner of our show. Why did the league enter into a common interest agreement with Dan Snyder regarding the Beth Wilkinson report? And did Dan Snyder try to block any of the findings uh, from that report being released? Yeah, that was um, something we responded to the committee, I think, last Friday and reaffirmed that, I think, is in the last 24 hours to let everyone know that uh, that's a legal agreement. I do not, I cannot explain all that. Um, our people will, but it did not interfere with anything that we did with respect to the Washington investigation and the outcome of the Washington investigation. JT, back with you, Commissioner Goodell. This is brought to you by Woodson Bourbon Whiskey, your new game day whiskey. Charles was in and around L.A. He's got a great brand. Everybody loves Charles Woodson. We are proud to have him as a partner of our show as we wrap up our Super Bowl coverage here. Thanks to Harry Ruiz, who jumped in with me. And we're just going to recap the Super Bowl for a few more minutes and then get back to whatever we're going to do after this. Every year we do this. We come out of the Super Bowl and go, what's next? Uh, Last year was all Aaron Rodgers. And this year it could be Aaron Rodgers again. Uh, My final review on L.A. Uh, L.A., I was there from Tuesday to Sunday, mid-morning, early morning. And L.A. was just massive. It was a lot bigger than I ever remember it. It's so spread out. You know, for those who say people are leaving L.A., I didn't notice it. I've never seen crowds that big at a Super Bowl all over town. I was in Century City, Beverly Hills, Hollywood, Newport, wherever you went. There was just a sea of people. And the convention center where we broadcast the show was packed. So L.A. will now always be a Super Bowl city, part of the rotation. I believe Vegas will be part of the rotation, too. A lot of stars showed up for the Super Bowl. One of the best stories is Ram wide receiver Van Jefferson. His wife went into labor at the game. And I don't know how they got her the hell out of there. And she got to a hospital. I have no idea because I don't know how anybody can move getting out of that place. But she she left and he, after the game, quickly showered and went to be there before their son was born. So Samaya Jefferson was rushed out of SoFi Stadium 
just minutes before the game ended. According to multiple reports on the scene, she was able to make it to a medical facility without any issue. And after that van and the Rams pulled out their cornerback, he joined her to welcome their new baby. And the picture of him with his son is adorable. So the picture of the newborn just minutes after winning his ring, smiling and writing X2. She, the, the, the mother of the child that's spoken about the possibility of the situation just days before telling the athletics she was praying her water didn't break during the middle of the game. And it did. In fact, in the hours leading up to the game, she posted on her Instagram page that she was still praying. And she went. She went to that game, man. I don't know. She went. I give her a lot of credit. Now, a lot of people don't go to games. You hear a bunch of bloviators. The guys on the radio in L.A. this morning who didn't go to the game. Can you imagine living in L.A., having a national radio show, and you don't have the dignity to go to the Super Bowl with a credential or a ticket, and you live there? He's not, not the laziest bleeping thing you've ever heard in your life. Imagine living in L.A. and being a member of the media with a credential or a connection from the broadcasting partners, and you stayed at home in the backyard with your dog and watched a game. That's a lack of effort. you got to go to games. And I just thought it was fabulous that this young lady, she's, she's pregnant. She knows if she goes, there's a chance, not a, not a 50% chance, maybe a 10% chance she goes into labor and she does. That's a fan. That's someone who supports her husband. That's someone who loves the Rams, and they should do something special for her. One of the nights we were there was the shooting outside the Justin Bieber event. There was a shooting. A couple people got shot. That was a bad look for L.A., but it's a massive metropolis of a city. I thought the cops did a great job there. There were a lot of police I talked to on the ground. The convention center was nice. And overall, it was a good time. I look forward to going back to L.A. again for a Super Bowl in years to come. So next year, it's in Glendale, Arizona, which will be the same weekend of uh, the Waste Management Golf, which will be the hottest place to be on that Thursday or Friday Better than a Super Bowl party. We'll be going to that golf tournament because it is a Super Bowl party. And then the year after that, we get the event here in Vegas. And I personally believe that the draft is going to be a dry run through for the Super Bowl. We got to pull off that the you know the, the strip can shut down in spots, traffic, and all that, and everybody can have a good time for the draft, which I think it'll be great. And there's no doubt in my mind that Vegas will turn out to be a better Super Bowl location. Because getting to Allegiant Stadium and leaving is much easier than what it's going to be leaving SoFi Stadium. And people will remember that. Bobby, good job. Did a lot of work. Bobby came in here every day. A couple hours early uh, as we taped our Hall of Fame guest. I think we had on our show at least 11 or 12 Hall of Famers, which was a lot of fun, something like that. The Mark Davis interview about Cliff Branch will play later in the week because I didn't hear it. I, I hosted it, but... Kind of went past me pretty easy on that, and really appreciate Mark Davis for doing that. And Cliff Branch is in the Hall of Fame. I got some cool stories to tell about that that I didn't get to today. Tomorrow we'll get back into more of this Super Bowl post sound when more of it comes in. The L.A. parade for the Super Bowl. Jack Eichel starts Wednesday against Colorado as Mark Stone is on the long-term injured reserve. But Eichel's coming. And that's going to be great to see on Wednesday, and we'll be all over that story, too. Have a great night, everybody. I'm on Sirius XM 7 to 10, Sirius XM 82.